Welcome to Warsaw Evangelical Presbyterian Church's podcast. We'd love to worship with you today. opportunity to lift up our voices together, to lift up our praises together, and then at the same time to say, Lord, but I also want to lift up my heart, and I want to lift up my ears and my spirit and everything so that, God, not only am I praising you, but you're speaking to me this morning. And so as we prepare to hear what it is that God desires to speak into this place and into our hearts and lives, would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, we thank you that today as we gather together, we are able to do so. And Lord, to be able to lift up our voices, to be able to lift up our hearts. Lord, to be able to hear this beautiful and inspiring music. And Lord, all of it for the honor and glory of Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word, how it speaks to us. And we pray that this morning as we spend time in it together, Lord, that you would speak to us, perhaps in a new way, in a fresh way, and in a powerful way. Our desire this morning is to leave here having not only been in your presence, but know that, Lord, we have had an experience where your Holy Spirit is here, touching and changing hearts and lives. So, Lord, we are now prepared. We are ready to receive what it is that you have for us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we start together this morning, I want to uh, share with you a poem. It is based off of the Footprints poem, but I want us to know it is not theologically accurate. All right? But bear with me as we hear it together. This is what it says. It says, one night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen. The footprints of my precious Lord. But mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared. I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat. But Lord, they are too big to be feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed. You would not grow. So the walk of faith you would not know. So I got tired and fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. (laughs) Because in life there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb, when one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. (laughs) Now come on, you ever think you would hear the word butt prints in a sermon? Actually, you may think you hope you never hear that again, right? (laughs) But here's the point, is when we talk about this idea of getting up, of rising up, of growing 
and maturing. These are the things that we're going to be talking about together this morning. And I was reminded of that this past week of this idea of taking a step and beginning to walk out your faith. We had the opportunity, Nicole and I, on Tuesday to take Adriana off to college. It was also a reminder because this past week there have been a number of families within a church with babies being born and grandbabies being born. And so I was just reminded of that juxtaposition of these little children, these babies being born, and here we are taking our, you know, our college student back to school. And as I got thinking about that, I was just reminded of how when Adriana was born and she was only three weeks old when we took her off to Pennsylvania, and there we are, people rocking her, and they would say things to us like, oh, enjoy these moments because they go by so fast. And you can, you know, as a parent, you're standing there saying, yeah, yeah, I know, but you know what, that's a long way off. Well, now here it is, right? And so here is this little one who we can remember so well holding her in our arms, and now there she is going off to college. And it's just a reminder of how quickly our children grow. And certainly, I hate it, right? But I love it. Because what we recognize is that as parents, our job is to help our children grow up and mature. We want them to grow up to not only love the Lord Jesus Christ, but, but to be faithful citizens, contributing citizens in our society. And what we realize is that as parents, the moment we get them home from the hospital, now all of a sudden, we have a job to do. And we have work that we need to do. And so you're changing diapers and you're feeding and you're losing sleep and you're doing all of these different things, trying to figure out what's going on, what's wrong when the baby cries. What we know as parents is that the joy of new birth is suddenly followed by the responsibility of raising up these children to grow and mature. And here's what we know, too, is that each child grows and matures at their own pace. I mean, with four different children, none of them have grown and matured in exactly the same way, right? Some walk a little bit faster than others. Some talk a little bit faster than others. Some get potty trained a little bit faster than others. We recognize that all of them grow at their own pace. So sometimes you see your kids kind of scooting across the floor, and then, boom, they're just up and they're walking around. Other times you see them and there they are kind of you know, gingerly walking along the couch before they begin to take their first steps. The thing is, is as parents, we want to see our children grow up and mature. And as parents, we know that though they may advance at, in different ways and at different times, we also recognize that if they don't begin walking, if they don't begin talking, if they don't begin feeding themselves, if they never get out of diapers, then we now know as parents that something is wrong. I don't look at my 19-year-old or my 17-year-old and say, oh, what a cute little baby, right? We want our children to grow up and mature. And you know what? It's the same thing 
when it comes to our relationship and our walk with Jesus Christ. When God calls us to be his children, Jesus says that we are born again. And so being born again means we all start off as these babies. And Peter talks about what it means for us to be these newborn babies who are growing up and craving pure spiritual milk. So we understand all of us have the same starting point when it comes to our faith journey. But God doesn't want us to remain babies in our walk forever. He wants us to be able to grow up and to be able to mature. And specifically, God wants us to grow up and to become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so this is where we come in together as parents, as fellow members of the body of Christ, we want to help our children grow up spiritually in the Lord, but then also we as a church recognize our role is to come alongside of parents to help them raise their children and so that we can be able to grow together. In a sense, the church is supposed to be an incubator of church growth and health. We want to see people graduate. We want to see them graduate from preschool and then from kindergarten and then from elementary school and then middle school. We want to see people grow up and graduate from high school. We want to see them graduate from college. We want to see them graduate from their master's work and their, docto their doctoral work. We want to help our people grow up and mature. One of the things that we said last week is that you, your walk in the world will only be as strong as your walk with Jesus Christ. And really, Paul's picking up on a number of these themes. And what we recognize is that together, we need to grow up and mature in our walk, and we need each other to help us grow up and mature. The point today is for us to be able to say and identify ourselves as a people who can say, I am maturing in my walk with Jesus Christ. Now, we find this in Ephesians chapter 4. So I want to invite you, if you've brought your Bibles, to open to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be reading together verses 7 to 16. Here now the reading of God's Word. It says this, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. This is why it says, when he descended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he descended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, 
speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What do we know? The grass withers, the flower fades, but it is the word of the Lord that is eternal. You know, last week as we started out together, we spent some time talking about maps. And we said how whenever you're at the mall and, you know, you're at the kiosk and you're trying to figure out where am I and where am I going, that you break out a map in order to help you find direction so that there is clarity in where you are going. We also said that you are able to go farther together. When you walk with a buddy, you're able to accomplish far more than you could do on your own. Now, we're going to be picking up on some of those same themes again this morning as we talk about not only growing and maturing in our faith on our own, but also making sure that we have other people around us who are going to help us grow and mature. So as we begin... I want to just simply start by asking you some questions for you to evaluate where you are. Where do you feel like you are at in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you feel like you're like a baby? Do you feel like you're a, a toddler? Do you feel like you're a young student? Do you feel like maybe you're somewhere in high school or college? Do you feel like maybe your relationship with Jesus is somewhere like a, a middle-aged adult? Or do you feel like your relationship with Jesus is as a senior saint? But here's what we know, is that your age, your actual age, has no real relationship to your age and your walk with Jesus Christ. We know people who may only be 20 years old, but who may be more mature than somebody who's actually 80 years old when it comes to their walk with Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't for us to kind of like condemn ourselves in either way, but for all of us to be able to say, where am I in my walk with Jesus, and where do I have room to begin growing and maturing? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to assume that because you're here this morning, you want to grow. You want to mature. There's something where you're saying this relationship with Jesus Christ is important to me and I want to know more and I want to grow more. You're here because you're saying, I don't want to just stay in the shallow end of the pool. Right? I don't just want to kind of tread water. I don't want to be a person who's just having my diapers changed for me all the time or getting pushed around in a stroller. You're here because you're saying, you know, I believe God, there is room for me to grow up and to mature. Now, Wherever you are in your walk, the other part of the question is, how am I helping other people to grow up and mature? And I think this passage really shares both of these ideas. How am I maturing in my faith, and how am I helping other people grow and mature in their faith? Now, our passage lays out a few different things this morning I think are very important for us to understand. The first is this, that God gives each of us grace gifts. If you're going to follow along and take notes, this is the first point this morning. The idea that God gives each of us grace 
gifts. Notice that verses 7 to 10 have this kind of strange language, right? About like ascending and descending, about like giving gifts. Like what in the world is Paul talking about here? Well, what Paul does is he actually quotes from Psalm 68. And Psalm 68 says this, when you ascended on high, you took many captives, you received gifts from people. Now, notice here, Paul does something interesting. In the Old Testament, the word is that you gave gifts, but no, or received gifts, but notice what Paul does is he changes it. He changes this one word under the direction of the Holy Spirit to say, ah, not to receive, but gave gifts. Now, what is Paul talking about here? What we have to know is that in the Old Testament, when a king would come in and conquer a people, what would happen? People would come in and they would give gifts to the king. But notice what Paul is saying is Jesus won the greatest victory of all and he conquers sin and death, but he doesn't receive gifts. No, what does he do? He gives gifts to his people. And so what Paul is saying is that Christ has given gifts to his people as Christ has apportioned it. But what he's talking about here is not the, the gift of, the grace gift of salvation. He's talking about the enabling gifts. It's the kind of get up off your butt and get to work, kind of roll up your sleeves and get to work type of grace. It's a grace that has been given to each and every one of us. And each and every one of us has a different gift that we have been given. But we use these gifts for the building up of the body. Now, he then goes on to talk about this ascending and descending language. And what is he talking about here what he means is like when Christ ascended on high, what he's saying is that he paved the way for all of us, the broken world that we live in, all of us to receive and be reconciled to God. Every person who believes in Jesus Christ has been set free from their captivity to sin. But before he could ascend to the Father, he first had to descend. He's saying Jesus Christ took on our flesh and our blood. He died for us. He was buried for us. And so the idea that he descended so that he could ascend to the right hand of the Father and fulfill for us all things. Notice how he says that now that he has gone on high, that he has fulfilled all of these things. He's poured out his grace among us so that we can be filled. Each of us has a gift that we have been given by Jesus Christ through his spirit. This gift has been given to us for the glorification of Jesus Christ and for the edification of his body. I don't know what that looks like for you in terms of your specific gift. But what I do know is that whatever gift you've been given, you are to use that for the growing and the maturing of the body. 
That means if your gift is in administration, you lead. If it's in encouraging, then we're called to be encouragers. If it's in evangelism, it means that's we're to share our faith. If it's hospitality, it's to welcome people and to show hospitality, both in your home as well as in our church. If it's teaching, we're called to teach. If all of the different spiritual gifts that have been given, whatever your gift is, and I don't know what it is, we're to use it not only to grow and mature, but to help other people grow and mature. So we've been given grace gifts. Notice, second, God gives some specific gifts. There are some specific gifts that he gives, and notice the the second point goes really hand in hand with the first. I mean, who helps us grow in our giftings? Paul says that there are some specific people. Notice what it says in verses 11 to 12. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Now, we just want to offer you just a a, a little kind of point of teaching here and just to say that there are some churches that hold to what is known as the five-fold office. And the five-fold office, this idea of a hierarchy in the life of the church. And so what they say is that God calls apostles to establish and lead churches. He calls prophets to prophesy over churches, evangelists to proclaim the good news, and then pastors and teachers to kind of shepherd and equip In fact, when we were in Florida, one of our friends who was planting a church down in Florida hired a youth pastor, or a music pastor. And so this music pastor came in, and after a little while, this pastor said, or he said, I believe that I am called to be the apostle of this church, and and you're the pastor or teacher. In other words, this worship pastor said, I think you're supposed to report to me. And the other pastor's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not how this works right? But, but that's because this man had an understanding of this five-fold type of office. Now, that's not what we hold to here. Instead, what we might say is that, like, the apostle and the prophets, the capital A and capital P apostle and prophets, that those passed when they died, those who walked and talked with Jesus Christ. So once that has gone, that apostle and prophet, what you think of in terms of capital A and capital P, that's passed. But what we do believe is in the Holy Spirit gifts of apostleship, prophecy. So you think of kind of small a or small p. Now, I don't, I say all that, I don't want to just get kind of caught up in the weeds. It's just for us to understand that different people have different kind of understandings around this. The point in the end is still the same, that these people have been given to us to help us grow and mature in the faith. We need wise and biblically grounded eldership in order to help us grow. And I love that what Paul says is that they are to equip us. This word can also be translated prepare. So they're given to us to both equip us as well as to prepare us. 
But the Greek word, I love this, has the idea of bringing to a condition of fitness or perfecting. And I love that imagery, right? Our job as leaders is to equip you and to prepare you and to train you up so that you can meet the needs of other people. I, I kind of laugh when I think about it this way. Um, you pay me and Andrew and your staff to encourage you to do the work. <laughs> right? That's really what it is. I mean, just think about it this way. If you go to a gym and you go to the YMCA or you go to uh, a, you know, the gym and you get a personal fitness coach, you don't pay them to watch them work out. Right? I mean, could you imagine standing there with your cup of coffee while you're watching them work out? Maybe you've got your donut in hand, and you're like, wow, you know, you, you worked out really hard today. That was a good workout. And I'm feeling maybe a little bit encouraged that maybe I should, you know, maybe try to do some work. Or could you imagine watching them work out like you might watch me work out and say, hey, you know, that workout was a little long this week. And, uh, you know, I got other things that I need to get to, right? I mean... Think about it. That's sometimes the way in which we approach the church instead of understanding that our job as leaders is to equip you and to encourage you and to say, hey, let's get out there and let's get to work. And I love this because when Paul says this, his idea of this condition of fitness, he says it's to prepare God's people for the work of service. The word that he uses here is where we get the word deacon from. It's to be a servant. It's to be a minister. And so to be equipped and prepared so that all of us are functioning as deacons in the life of the church. Now, what's the goal? Right? What's the goal of these gifts? Verses 13 to 14 say this. Until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. In other words, the third point, God gives us gifts for discernment why we're given gifts. It is for discernment. As Paul wrote to the church, he knew that he wasn't going to be around forever. He knew that at some point there was going to be somebody who was going to come in and try to lead the people astray. And so he says, look, the gifts of the Spirit are given to build up the body and so that you can know true teaching from false teaching. In fact, Boy, Scripture is consistently clear about this, about why it's important for believers to grow up and to mature in their faith. It's so that we don't lead anyone else astray. It's so that we don't go astray. And it's so that if there's anyone else who has gone astray, we can begin to lead them back to the truths of Christ. I can remember when we lived in uh, both, boy, golly, both in uh, Florida as well as in St. John, I would say at least once a month, 
we had people who would come to our door and they would knock on the door and they would say, hey, we want you to know that we belong to a local cult. And we want to twist the scriptures to say something else. And we don't believe in the Trinity and we don't believe in Jesus Christ, but we want to come in and talk with you so that we can take you out of your church and into ours. That's not what they say, is it? <laughs> right? See, if they said something like that, the red flags would be going up like, whoa, wait, something is going on here. But no, what do they say? Hey, we're some local Christians in your area. We want to tell you a little bit about Jesus. Study the Bible together. Do you mind if we come in so that we can have some time and to talk with you? you understand how deceptive this can be? How crafty this can be? And if you are not a discerning and wise person of faith, it can become very easy for you to be led astray. We have family members within our own family that have been led astray in this way, and they're raising their kids and their grandkids in this. It's because we're not growing and we're not maturing. And so we have to be so very careful. Why do we grow up and why do we mature? It's so that we can know true teaching from false teaching. Because look, we all start off as baby Christians. Right? That's, that's the beginning point for all of us. But if you don't grow up, if you don't mature, if you don't learn to walk, you can be fooled by false teachers. Listen, by the way, to the, what the writer of Hebrews says. In chapter 5, verses 12 to 14, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be able to teach others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And beloved people, it is only when you know the true, spiritual, pure milk of the Bible that you will be able to discern true teaching from false teaching. But there's also the sense you got to want it. You and I have to desire whole milk, heavy whipping cream, <laughs> instead of skim milk. You've got to want meat and potatoes instead of tofu, right? I mean, you, you've got to want it. I mean, this isn't to, to like beat us up over the head, but to say, you know, there's a sense that we, we have to want to grow and mature. And this is a process for all of us, even for myself. Not, not to say that I've arrived, that any of us have arrived, but every day I want to grow and I want to mature in my walk with Jesus Christ. Why? So that I'm able to discern truth from error. And that's, that's what Paul is talking about here. And then notice fourth and last, God gives us gifts for maturity. Gifts for maturity. You know, Paul here is moving from the individual, all right, why do we need it as individuals, but now why do we need it as the body? Notice what verses 15 to 16 say. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, and what, what we're seeing here, it ties together with everything else that we've been talking about already. That certainly we need to grow up and mature. We need other people who are going to walk with us and help us grow up and mature in faith. But why do we grow up and mature? So that each part can do its work. We are the body together. And in many ways, if you think about the body, we can only go as far and we are only as strong as the weakest part. You know, you may have a strong upper body, but if your knees and your hips hurt, you're not able to go as far or do as much. You may have a really strong body, like lower body, but if you have back problems, you know you're not going to be able to do as much work. You can have the strongest body in the world, but if you don't have a strong mind, you're not going to be able to do the work. And so all of us need to be growing, and we need to be maturing, and we need to be encouraging one another. If you think about it, um, what is the one difference between an airplane and between every other mode of transportation? Every other mode of transportation can stop and it can go backwards, right? You know, if you think of a car, a train, you know, if you think of a horse and buggy, all of them can stop and all of them can go backwards. But if a plane stops, <laughs> right, you're in trouble. And if it goes backwards, you're in trouble. You have to go forward, right? In order for it to fly, it's got to be moving forward. It's got to have that air coming over. It's got to be creating that pressure and that lift in order to make it rise. It's the same thing with us. We've got to be moving forward. We've got to be moving upward, and we need each other in order to strengthen and encourage and equip each other. If we stop, that's where the trouble comes in. You know, what do they often say? Baby sailors on stormy seas sink ships. You need growing, maturing people, people who've been there through the storms before, People who can say, you know what, it's going to be okay, let's keep pressing on to be able to encourage and equip and help those who are younger to grow up in their faith. And so it is the responsibility of us as church leaders to be able to encourage and equip, to move us beyond the me, 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 to the we, to the us, to say, how can we accomplish these things together? How can we grow up together? Because babies are cute. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. But we don't expect our babies to stay babies forever. We want to see them grow and mature. And uh, baby Christians are cute and beautiful and wonderful, and we love to see people coming to the faith. But boy, nobody wants to, we don't want to see people stay babies forever. We want to see them grow up and mature. That's why I, I love it that today we have a volunteer, a serve Sunday. 
because it's an opportunity for you to be able to start to say, well, what are my gifts? Well, how has God gifted me? How am I growing up and maturing? And then to be able to say, how can I grow and serve somebody else? How can I help other people grow and mature in their own faith? And so in just a little bit, after we come together and after we sing, you're going to have an opportunity to go down to the fellowship hall to grab a cup of coffee and to look at all of the different areas where as a church we could say, we need you to step up and to serve and to volunteer. If you feel like your gift is rocking babies, great. We need you. We need you to rock babies in the nursery. If your gift is to teach children, great. We need you. We need you to step up and to say, you know what? I could teach some kids in, in Sunday school. If you feel like, hey, you know what? I've got some gifts where on Wednesday nights, I can just love on some of the kids from our community and teach them. Great. We need you. We'd love to have you sign up and to, have, and to help other people grow and mature in their faith. Whatever your gift is, if it's singing, if it's serving, if it's being deacons and helping hands, if it's serving meals, there are all kinds of different ways where as a church we could say, yes, sign up and help somebody else grow up in their faith. Now, the other thing is maybe some of you are in a place like, I feel like I need help growing and I need to be built up myself. Well, just to let you know, I mean, we want you to talk to us about it because, I mean, there's Bible studies, there's men's groups, there's women's groups, there's small groups. We do have different opportunities for you to say, hey, I want to grow and learn. I'm hoping that in the coming weeks we're going to be able to highlight some of those things so that both we can grow and mature and so that we can help somebody else grow and mature. But my people, my, my prayer for us this morning is just so simple, that we would seek to grow up and that we would help other people grow up. Why? So that none of us are leaving butt prints in the sand. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how, Lord, it speaks to us. And Lord, it challenges us that we recognize that, Lord, the challenge this morning is not an easy one to say, I want to step up and I want to serve or I want to grow. But God, that's what we recognize you are calling us to do is to be equipped so that we can equip others. So Lord, we thank you for times like this where we can be equipped, where we can be built up and strengthened. And then Lord, what we pray is that as we are strengthened, we're turning around and saying, let me help somebody else. Lord, we think of our community and people that are around us. Lord, who are those people that are, that are in our areas of influence where we can just simply begin to say, why don't you come with me? Lord, we, we want to see people becoming baby Christians. And then, Lord, we can help them grow in their faith as well. So, Lord, what we would ask is that, that you would take us and use us. That we would be a people who say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Even if I don't feel necessarily that equipped, that strong, that, Lord, I know you are calling me to serve someone else. So, Lord, truly may that be a prayer for us this morning where we are saying, Lord, take me as I am. Lord, use me. 
as you see fit. And in everything, may it all be for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.